Thank you for listening to the Southside Sermons podcast. Southside Baptist Church is currently in a preaching series through 1 Corinthians to the church. And I found today's text, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 16, to be a challenging text to preach. Not every sermon is the same. And not every sermon is intended to produce the same outcomes among its hearers. The sermon should always model the tone of the text and be shaped by the content of the text being preached. Some sermons exhort us to action, and some sermons inform us about the truths that transform us. The latter is the case with today's sermon. This passage of Scripture does not offer concrete application or specific commands to obey, but it does tell us what we have been given in Christ. The church has the mind of Christ and has received the Holy Spirit from God to understand as those who are mature the wisdom of God through the cross we will learn that the wisdom of God is more than mere knowledge. It is a knowledge that acts. This message is preached from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6-16, through 16, and it is called, We Have the Mind of Christ. Welcome to the Southside Sermons Podcast. I am Christopher Campbell, pastor of Southside Baptist Church, located in Decatur, Alabama. This message you're about to hear is from God's Word and is offered to you with this prayer that God would give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to obey His Word. May your faith be strengthened in Jesus, and may you grow in your knowledge of Him. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, 
and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is God's word. Amen. The title of this sermon is That Revealing Statement. We have the mind of Christ. This is one more gift from God that belongs to us who are in Christ Jesus. It is a reality for the church, whether we act like it or not, whether we understand it or not, we have the mind of Christ. Sometimes we have to be told what we have. This past week, I can't remember all of the details, but I remember my daughter panicking because she could not find something that she knew she had just a minute ago. A whirlwind ensued as she frantically retraced her steps, looking everywhere in the house for it. Where is it? Where is it? She was opening drawers, running to different rooms. As she passed by me, I noticed something in her hand. And I finally got her to stand still for a minute and pointed out that what she was looking for was in her hand. She had it all along. She stopped and said with a bit of embarrassment, oh, has that ever happened to anyone else in here? Be it a wallet, where's my wallet? It's in your pocket. Where's my phone? It's in your pocket. That's happened to every one of us in some form or fashion at some time. And sometimes we just need to be told what it is that we have already. The church in Corinth was like that. They were running around looking for something in the world, in culture, even in their assembly. And Paul says, stop, be still. You already have what it is you're looking for. This passage is a bit difficult to preach because it's not preaching like what you'd expect, where you can take notes, learn exactly what it is you're supposed to do, and then go and do it. This passage does not give us specific commands to obey or any concrete application to practice during this coming week. But this passage does tell us what we have. And we, the church, need to know what we have, what God has already given us. We need to know how God has enriched us and what God wants for us. Every one of us who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, from the youngest to the eldest, has the mind of Christ. And what we have will inform what we do. We have the mind of Christ. This mind of Christ, as the text unfolds, is the source of true, godly wisdom. 
a wisdom that is not worldly, a wisdom that is not of men, a wisdom that does not divide, but a wisdom that demonstrates the power of God, a wisdom that equips us as we wait for the Lord's return, a wisdom in which we all say the same thing, where we agree being united in the same mind and in the same judgment, having Christ's mind and Christ's judgment. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth that he did not come to them proclaiming the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. He spoke about what and how he preached and what he proclaimed aloud. But in verse 6, he pulls his audience aside to tell them something. I imagine that he beckons them with a wave and a whisper. I imagine that he, he did something like this. Come here, come here. It's not that the testimony of God is void of wisdom. It's not that we do not have wisdom. Wisdom is not a bad thing. In fact, in another place, Paul wrote, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. So you need wisdom, and God wants you to live wisely. Christ, after all, is the wisdom of God, chapter 1, verse 24. Christ, after all, became to us wisdom from God, chapter 1, verse 30. It's not that we just simply do not impart any kind of wisdom in our proclaiming. The church needs wisdom. But the wisdom that you have, church, is different from the wisdom that you're looking for, church in Corinth. What do you think about when you hear the word wisdom? Do you think about age? A wise person is an aged person? That is certainly a desirable thing, but we don't have to look very far in our day to find aged people who live foolishly, do we? And so wisdom must be more than just age. Do you think about degrees. A wise person is an educated person. That's certainly desirable, but an education is only as good as what you do with it. I have known people with advanced degrees that aren't worth uh, to them what the paper that they're printed on is worth. Do you think about experience? A wise person is an experienced person. Well, that certainly makes sense, but experience can make a person lazy, complacent, ineffective. It's only as good as how it's used. Well, one way that wisdom is defined is this. Wisdom is the capacity to understand and function accordingly. So wisdom is not limited to simply knowledge. Wisdom is a knowledge that then acts.
works. Church in Corinth, you think you are wise because you have lived some time on this earth and have had some certain spiritual experiences because you know certain things, because you follow certain people. None of that is wisdom in God's eyes. Wisdom is something that God gives by his spirit, and it is for a group of people the scriptures call mature. This text, verses 6 through 16, divides broadly into two sections. There is a wisdom that is from God. That's verses 6 through 9. And it is a wisdom that is revealed through the Spirit of God. Verses 10 through 16. So there is a wisdom that is from God, and it is a wisdom that is revealed through the Spirit of God. So what this wisdom is and how we as the church have received it and appropriate it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 says, yet, so he's changing course in what he said. He said, I'm not proclaiming the gospel with lofty speech or wisdom, just determined to know among you Christ and him crucified. And now in verse 6, he says, yet, He's pulling him aside. He's switching gears just a little bit. And he says, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Notice that wisdom is first described as something that is imparted. Literally, it is something that is spoken we do speak wisdom. It is not that we ignore this topic altogether because the world seeks after it. No, the church does have wisdom. But look at what the church's wisdom is not. It is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age. That is, just because a person is in a position of leadership in the world, does not mean that they've got wisdom right. The prevailing opinions of our time do not define what wisdom is, at least the wisdom of God. Because someone is on TV or is influential in a particular field or has a large following for a particular point of view, none of that represents wisdom. This is a verse that we as the church can speak straight into our culture. We do impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age, and it's not a wisdom for everyone. Who is this wisdom, this godly wisdom spoken to? Verse six says, among the mature. Who are the mature? One way to answer that question is to ask what it means to be immature. Immature people are not capable of thinking for themselves or understanding what they are given, much less acting upon it. They are like babies. Babies are immature. They're babies in Christ. 
Did you know that it is possible for someone to be in Christ and also be immature? This is a very natural thing when someone first comes to Christ. They need simple instructions. We do not put commands on them that they are not yet ready or able to bear. They need simple messages. Even a child may come to Christ because the gospel is not complicated. But then through a process of discipleship, that immature Christian learns obedience to the commands of Christ, growing in holiness, sanctification. This is maturity. Think about the similarities and differences between a human baby that is immature and a human adult that is mature. Both are, in fact, human. Both have a body, soul, and mind. But the body, soul, and mind function differently between the immature and the mature. Think about the body in a baby. The baby does not yet have teeth. And so the baby's food has to be different from an adult's food who has teeth. A baby drinks milk. An adult chews meat. Think about the soul, the emotions, how emotions are processed. A baby and an adult both cry. A baby cries when it needs a diaper changed, when it's hungry, when it's tired. They all mean the same thing and same response, to cry. It's all the baby, the immature human knows what to do. But an adult is able to cry differently. Have you noticed that? Emotions are more developed and mature. An adult can even cry tears of joy. Never known a baby to be able to cry tears of joy. But an adult can because an adult has more mature emotions and response. This is the kind of imagery that's helpful to this text. Wisdom is not spoken to babies, but to the mature, to those who will do something with that wisdom, to those who understand the actions are changed by Christ's cross. The mature are spiritual adults who live for the sake of others in the community of faith. Immature people are selfish people. Mature people are selfless people, caring more for others than for self. Selfishness is immaturity, and in this way there is a lot of immaturity in the body of Christ in Corinth and even in the body of Christ today. This is the sin that this text calls out. It's not a sin to be immature in Christ if you are a baby in Christ. If you're a recent convert or a newly born believer. But it is a sin to be immature in Christ when you ought to be, by now, a spiritual adult. Verse 6 again, yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. 
The rulers of this age are all about self-preservation, but the wisdom of God in Christ is about self-sacrifice. And Paul decided to know nothing among them, the church in Corinth, except Jesus Christ and him selflessly sacrificed, him crucified, because that's where they needed to begin. The immature had not yet taken up their own cross, denied self in order to follow Jesus. And if we do not die to self, we will not ever grow in the wisdom of Christ, which explains the meaning of the cross and the way of the cross. The cross is not the end, but it is the beginning of the spiritual life in this sense. And so the rulers of the age are doomed and they're passing away already, already because Christ is exalted as Lord of all because of his person and work on the cross. And so Paul explains that what the wisdom of God is not is this kind of selfish immaturity. It's not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. Look in verse seven to see what the wisdom of God is. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. This wisdom of God, the wisdom of the cross, belongs to God. It is the wisdom of God. It is from him. And the scriptures tell us it is a timeless wisdom. It's decreed before the ages. God knew what he was doing before creation, and it involved our glory, which is a way of speaking about our salvation, our reconciliation to God. Romans chapter 8 Verse 29 helps us understand this. It says, for those whom he, being God, foreknew, he also predestined. That word predestined is the same word as decreed in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. In verse 30 says, and those whom he predestined, that same word, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This is God's process of salvation in Christ, through Christ, by Christ. God knew how he was going to bring about salvation before the ages. But he kept it secret and hidden so that in the right time and in the right person, it might be revealed. You can't search out this wisdom by looking in all the places the world looks for wisdom because this is something only God can reveal. Look at verse eight. None of the rulers of this age understood this for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, that God has prepared for those who love him. 
We in our humanity make judgments about things by what we see, by what we hear, by what we imagine. But our human judgments are not reliable for understanding God's heart and will for understanding the things that are of faith. God's heart and God's will must be revealed by none other than God himself. So first, there is a wisdom that is from God, and it is a different wisdom from the world. It is spoken to those who are mature, who can comprehend and understand and act upon it. And then secondly, our text reveals that it is a wisdom that is revealed through the Spirit of God. Look at verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. This is the Holy Spirit. God has forever been and always will be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I find it worth noting that Paul does not say that this wisdom from God is revealed here through the Word, but he says through the Spirit of God. We will not get wise by reading God's Word alone, for we cannot understand the Word alone. We cannot understand the Word without the Spirit. Word and Spirit go together. One of the most beneficial things that we can do when we go to read our Bible is to pray first and read the Bible with the Spirit so that we might understand. Many people have read the Bible and simply do not believe Christ. Atheists, I know, have read the Bible and do not believe Christ. Many Jews have read the Bible and do not believe Christ because they do not understand what they read. Their minds are blinded. They do not have the revelation of the wisdom that is from the Spirit of God. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Verse 11 explains this. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now this is an important principle. Can we know God's thoughts? Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, the Lord says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. So verse 11 says, who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. The principle is this, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Holy Spirit of God. We humans may search for godly wisdom, but only the spirit can search the depths of God's heart, and reveal it then to us. Verse 12 starts to bring this text to a conclusion and begins with a gospel proclamation of what God has given us as a church in Christ. Verse 12, now we have received 
not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. The word freely given represents a grace of God. God has given us the spirit graciously. We did not deserve God's spirit. And this grace overcomes our sin of immaturity. Every one of us who are in Christ have received the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is God's provision for us to understand the things that God has graciously and freely given to us, the gift of salvation in Christ, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That wasn't all, that he was buried, and that wasn't all, but that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures, and even that, was in all. He was seen by many. He is coming again. He will be highly exalted. Every knee will bow. We who are being saved will share in his glory. All of this is according to God's plan from before time began. We who are in Christ are living now in God's plan and purposes in Christ. And we only understand this through the wisdom of God revealed by the Spirit of God because of Christ. In other words, if we are to live according to God's word, we need God's wisdom to live God's ways. We need God's wisdom to live God's ways. Verse 13 says, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we, but we, church, have the mind of Christ. The spiritually mature are guided by the Spirit. And we have access to the heart and mind of God through the Spirit who searches the depths of God. This is not something we have to go searching for. It's something that we already have and have been given. And so the question remains for us today is how then do we become mature? One way that we become mature is to stop doing things in our own strength. We see that clearly in the text. Stop looking to the world for how you ought to live God's ways. You can't do it that way. Human strength, human wisdom does not bring about spiritual maturity. No amount of Bible reading or Bible study or church presence or church activities can make us mature because maturity is something that is spiritual. It comes only from God's Spirit. We must depend not upon human wisdom but upon the power of God. And this means practically we must be a people who pray and pray without ceasing We must live by faith and 
what we cannot see rather than what we can see. Our lives must be guided by the word of the cross such that our attitudes and our actions are changed by that word of the cross. And if we are guided by the cross, we will not be selfish. We can never be selfish if we're guided by the cross. We can only be humbled. We won't be so concerned with ourselves, but we will in wisdom see our lives as part of God's timeless plan and purposes in Christ. We'll rid ourselves of divisions and we will unite ourselves in the same mind and in the same judgment around the person and the work of Christ. And we won't care so much about how spiritual we are, but rather in spiritual maturity, we will care more about how obedient we are to the Lord. That is true wisdom. That's what it means to have the mind of Christ to seek after the heart of God as revealed by the Spirit of God. The mind of Christ is a gift of God given graciously by God. Why? So that having been enriched in Christ in all speech and knowledge, we are not lacking in any gift as we wait for the revealing of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Thank you again for listening to this message. I pray that God would accomplish His purpose in you through the preaching, hearing, receiving, and believing of His Word. If you wish to share any comments or questions about the message you have heard, please call Southside at 256-353-8814 or visit us on the web at southsidebaptist.net. Also, make sure to subscribe or follow this podcast to receive a new message each week.